Welcome to life, bringing you insight and experiences into love, relationships, and fertility with a focus on enjoying life and moving forward. On today's podcast, we're going to be speaking about solo parenthood with solo parenthood coach, Mel Johnson. Welcome to life, love, insight, fertility experiences. I am so excited to be here today with Mel Johnson, and she is a solo motherhood coach. Her positivity and energy just exudes, and so I'm so thrilled to be able to talk to her today because I am working with so many women right now who are having children independently. So thank you so much for being here today, and could you just maybe fill in a little bit more information about yourself? Yeah, sure. So thank you so much for having me. Um, so my name is Mel Johnson. I have a three-year-old daughter um, who I had on my own as a solo mum. So I had her using donor sperm and IVF. And um, following my own journey to solo motherhood, I was already um, a life coach. And I decided to just specialize my life coaching to support other women who wanted to follow or at least explore a similar path. So I now support women from around the world who are considering embarking on the solo motherhood journey. So yeah, that's a bit about me. So often, you know, people think they want to keep something private. And what happens is they start to feel isolated and alone. So the fact that you're running groups and coaching women together on this, I think is invaluable. It's, it's so powerful because I think sometimes you, I, I start the group with introductions and it's almost like after they've all done their introductions, it's like, well, that, actually that's enough. <laughs> I've got a lot of content that we start to go through then, but actually I think so many of the women feel so um, reassured after just hearing from 11 other women who are in a similar situation that they're like, oh, okay, I feel this is a good space to be in. So um, yeah, super powerful. Yes, it is. I find that with the groups that I run as well, there's just something so cathartic about that first session, just being able to tell your story and feel like you're in a safe place. So you do a lot of work also kind of like with life plans. And the concept, the framing of it and just labeling it is so interesting and so true. And how do you even start explaining that to people? So what I do on my um, group coaching course is show people um, some of the movies that we would have grown up with just to sort of get an initial reaction on what people think that there has influenced their life plan. And if you look at the stories that we would have grown up with that um, in, in books, in films, and then also just the paths our parents took, um, it is really no wonder that we have a preconceived idea about what path our life's going to take because I certainly know when I was younger, there was no question about the life path that I was going to take. It would be meet a guy, get married, have children with honestly little effort on my part. I, I just thought that that is what happens because 
that was what I saw all around me. And I feel that that is society's expectation of, of what just happens. I love that you said with little effort on your part, it was just supposed to magically appear and happen. Exactly. So, um, so, so we talk um, about what we thought would happen um, and just give a little bit of time to think about what, what we presumed would happen in our life and how we thought and, and maybe hoped it would go. And then it's around thinking, okay, well, let me do some work on accepting that that's probably not going to be how it is for me and putting that script to one side trying to create a blank piece of paper and starting again and rewriting the script. And what the absolute key that I say to people is, you're not rewriting a script that is worse than the original one. You're rewriting it to be equally as positive, but just different. And so it's helping people find how do they get to an equally positive version of the script. And that's what I help people with. Yeah, that's so hard because one of the things I love doing is asking people to write a story or to visualize what they're going through and what they see their plan to be. But to rewrite that script takes so much energy. So what are tips that you give people or how do you help them through that process? And it applies to everything in life, not just being a single mom or a fertility journey, but everything in life, right? You think one thing's going to happen and then something else does. Yeah, I think that um, I always explain it like, you know, it's absolutely not going to be a magic wand that you can say, oh, now I've completely let go of that idea and I'm embracing this idea. You know, very rarely does it happen like that. And if we think of our brain as a muscle, it's something that needs exercising and, um, you know, it's something that happens over a period of time. So for me, it is working towards constantly looking for reinforcements of how I can make this future journey equally as positive even though it's different so there's a couple of things I would say the biggest thing for me is if you are constantly looking for why it would have been better in a different way you will find why it would have been better in a different way you'll find everything to reinforce why it would have been better if you're looking for how it can be as good if not better in this way you will find things that reinforce that so for me I say open your mind and look for reinforcement not just on how things could have been better and, and once you start looking for some of the positives you can really start reframing about how you feel about it and so one is, of I have to interrupt you to say that is so fabulous Right. You can always find, but we just have to search and that searching, that identifying yeah. is, is the hard part. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I was, sorry. I was thinking one really good way to do it is who you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. So if single women surround themselves by married couples with children, then it can be very easy to think, well, I feel like I'm left out. I feel like I'm being left behind. I feel like I haven't done the norm. Whereas 
if you surround yourself with a really diverse friendship group of all different people in all different scenarios, then, then you don't feel so much like where you are is, is not where you want to be because you've got all these different reference points. And I think it's really equally important online. So, you know, who is in your life? Who is the presence? Who are your role models? Follow people online who inspire you, who are doing things slightly differently, even if it's not exactly the same as you, just that isn't the really conventional way of doing things that make you, you know, that keep reinforcing that there's different ways to do it that, that are as inspiring. So that's probably my top advice. Yeah, because if we look, we find people who are so interesting and so multidimensional and they follow their own kind of true self. They didn't have to take the path that everybody took. They took the path that maybe was different and more unique, but it's not all that unique. This has been going on for many, many years that women have been having children on their own solo. So why do we not feel as if it is just a normal course? Why do we have to feel badly about ourselves or about this life plan? I think that um, there aren't very many role models in the public eye who have used donor conception to conceive by themselves. So, you know, for different life situations, you do usually have people you can look to who are role modeling it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's only more recently where people have started talking about this more um, on social media or in, you know, the public eye. And that starts to normalize it. So when you get, you know, high profile people saying, yeah, I'd consider this doesn't bother me at all. People are like, oh, well, if they'd consider it, then, you know, so, so I feel like um, single parenting has had quite a bit of negative press over the years. And um, people have been typecast. And um, I, I think that that's starting to change. Um, and with the donor conception side of things, I think more people are starting to really talk openly about it. Um, and, yeah. and that makes it easier. But the talking openly is so key. And a lot of it has to come down to self-esteem and self-confidence. It's so true. And actually, I talk a lot about my own decision was about ego um, because uh, I had a, you know, a preconceived idea about how I thought things would be um, and actually felt like I'd failed a little bit because I think society um, absolutely reinforces that being in a couple is the, is the way it should be and it's the positive and it can make you feel like if you've not achieved that, that you failed. However successful you are in life however like I had a great job great friends a great life but I hadn't found that one person so there was an element of feeling like I'd failed and um yeah I think a bit bit part of my decision was you know I actually just want to do what everyone else has done I want to be able to meet someone and I don't want to feel like I've not been able to achieve that and so yeah my ego was sort of saying I don't know that I want to be putting it out there that I haven't managed to find a partner um, and so I did a lot of work on that and the fact it was my ego and that's about society's expectations and it's not reality and once I got a grip on that I found it a lot easier to embrace this path. That's wonderful and it's so honest it's not easy it's it's it is a hard path and journey not to be the solo mother 
or a solo parent, but to do that introspective work. It's, it's hard to kind of let go of that. So this life script and this story that you're asking these women to write is a difficult one. And it takes a lot. It takes a lot of energy to do that. But the, when you come out the other side, the beauty of that story is supersedes so much. And then you look back, I would hope, and just imagine the place that you were in and how you could have been there. So- I mean, it's so true. And I think that you can you can actually have such a positive outcome that you thought you were going to go into this journey with one person, but you didn't go into it with one person. And some people start off thinking, I went into it on my own. Whereas I very much say I didn't go into it on my own. I went into it without a romantic partner, but I went into it with a whole heap of people who were supporting me and there for me and have created my own little family, my own little tribe of people um, that probably together offer a lot more support than one partner may have done. Yes. So can we talk about that a little bit? What are the pieces? I mean, it's so important to evaluate what you need in place or what you ideally would want in place if you're embarking on this. Yeah, and I think, you know, everyone's different. Um, so, So different people want different things. But, you know, what I say is the more support you've got, the easier it is. Now, what that support looks like can be different for different people. So it depends on your finances. Some people are in the lucky position where they can pay for support. So they can have a nanny, they can pay for full-time nursery, they can pay, you know, whatever it might be. And um, other people are lucky enough that they have their parents around and, um, you know, parents can come and help and take a more active role than maybe they would have if you had a partner. And that's the situation I'm in, you know, um, particularly my mum, but both of my parents really give a lot of support. Um, then I work with women who haven't got their parents in the picture for different reasons, but then maybe have siblings or, you know, close friends. Um, someone's got, you know, they live on a road where there's two of them who are solo parenting and they really support each other. So it's just um, having those people who can help you practically so that you get some sort of practical support but can also people to help you emotionally so that you feel like there's people there for you um from more of an emotional support yeah the support i think is essential i think there's a couple of ingredients that are that are really important um but i think the essential one is the support because to do this independently it's exhausting it, It really is. And when you get that exhausted, what happens is you can feel isolated. And it's a beautiful journey. You're bringing a life into this world that you so desperately wanted. I mentioned to you earlier before we started chatting um, online that I'm getting an influx of phone calls from single women through this pandemic who have decided to embark on solo motherhood. And it's a time of reflection and a time of moving forward and maybe letting go of this old perception of what you thought would be and embarking on this new one. And and there's certain things, these ingredients of support are so important. And the family, the friends, maybe even meeting other women going down this path at the same time 
is a little bit of a gift if you could develop that village that you were talking about or this team that you were talking about. What else do people need to have in place in order to do this? And you know, the other thing that comes to mind, I'm sorry, but the other thing that comes to my mind is there are a lot of positives that you could think of in terms of parenting style and in terms of this control piece that you could have as a parent whether you don't necessarily need to negotiate your style. Absolutely, there's there's so many positives and I, I suppose it depends on your personality and your, your situation. So, you know, I've been single pretty much um, for 10 years and on reflection, you know, I would probably have found it incredibly difficult to parent in a partnership you know, and I'm not saying that's a positive thing, but just being honest, because I've been single for so long, I've become very independent. I know what works, I know what I want to do, but probably I'm quite selfish because, you know, I have all of this time in the evenings that I can choose to do whatever I want. And, um, you know, now the thought of trying to incorporate someone else into that makes me think, gosh, that, that will be actually quite difficult. So being able to choose how your parent, being able to choose your child's name, you know, being able to spend your time exactly how you want to spend it, not be having to negotiate with anybody else. Um, there's, and, and also the, the bonds and the connections that you form with other people. So I would say I have much closer friendships because I think I've let people see some more vulnerability than maybe I would have before. I very much had the independent woman um, act down to a T and I've really tried to learn to embrace more people and let them in and ask for their help or accept their help. And the, the, the connection I've got with my family and my close friends, I would say has really grown, which I think is also super positive. So positive, yes. And the word accepting, accepting help is a gift you give yourself. It's also a gift you give the other person because the other person feels good helping, but it, it's, it's a gift on many levels. It's so true. And I think that if you've been single for a long time and, um, you know, my situation was I never had to ask for help. I lived a very independent lifestyle. Um, I think I was probably quite proud of that. And so then all of a sudden needing help, and, you know, people ask me, can you do this on your own? Uh, and the answer is yes, you know, you can do it on your own. And some people do pretty much do it on their own. But what I would say is you don't like, why would you if you don't need to? So then I think it's easier with the more help and more enjoyable with, with more help. So um, I surround myself by amazing people and that makes the journey better for me. And I would also say for my daughter. Yeah, well, I think that's amazing. I think, you know, a lot of things you do are amazing. And so what are some of the other ingredients that you need besides support? So I would say mindset is a big one. Um, so the big game changer for me of people who thrive as solo parents are the ones that fully embrace that this is the path that they're on. The ones who I find struggle a bit more are ones that whatever happens, you're thinking, oh, that would have been so much easier if I had a partner, or that would have been so much better. Or if you find yourself constantly thinking, I'm still wishing that you'd taken a different path, 
it becomes very challenging. If you fully embrace the path you're on, I feel like people thrive so much more. So mindset of fully embracing that way. And then I think what you said is so true, meeting other people who've done this same thing, whether that be remotely or in, a, in an ideal world face-to-face, there's something about meeting someone who really gets your situation and you can just be like, oh yes, they understand exactly how I'm feeling. There's something so powerful and supportive on that. So um, trying to connect with other people in the same situation, I would say is super powerful. Yeah, yeah. I really like also what you said in terms of making sure that you can embrace the journey that you're on rather than lament over the journey that you're not on. Yeah. Because that lamenting kind of stirs emotions that you wanna work through. And if we can't work through those emotions, then it's going to be very, it's not gonna get any easier after the child is born. It's going to stay with you. So that I think is essential. It's so true. And I always say you've got sort of up until the baby's born to work through that. So, you know, some people get pregnant and then panic and say, I don't feel like there's still things that are on my mind about this. And I say that is completely fine and normal. Whatever scenario you're having a baby in, there's probably things in, on your mind. You know, you can't explain be um so so but you've got that time to do as much work as you can to work through it and of course there'll be times um you know we're all human there'll be maybe things will come up later that will trigger you slightly but it's being aware of it and having the tools to think okay I don't want to go down that path how do I reframe this um where do I get support from so um yeah, fully embracing it and working through that journey before you have a baby, I think is is a great way to do it. Yeah, I, I use this one little tip. I love it. It's called pause and perspective. And people who listen to me have heard me say this a million times. Um, but pause and perspective, it just lets you take that breath so that when you start to go down that path, you're able to like just take a moment, take it in and gain some perspective and then decide which way you wanna go. Do I wanna go down that path? And if you do, go down it, but realize that you're doing it. Or do I wanna look for the future and go down this other path? The key here is the awareness and being cognitive, I think, of which path you take. And that awareness will hopefully help you to move forward and let go of some of the other things that are gnawing at you, but I do agree. They will come back from time to time. It's not normal that they don't. Exactly. And I, I said this before, it, this is normal in any big decision in life. It's yeah. just the way we operate in life. It's the we're human. And that being aware of it and having the tools to, um, you know, work through it, I think is, is the key. Yes, absolutely. So I try and like really have people try and do that. And even while they're in the moment, because at some point you catch yourself that you're doing it. And that's where you want to do this, like pause and perspective. And Deepak Choker came up with one called stop. I think he was the one who initiated that. Somebody initiated it. I apologize for not remembering. Um, 
that he's probably the one who made it the most popular. So STOP stands for um, stop. <laughs> and then uh, take a breath, observe, and then proceed. So it's, I, I kind of like pause in perspective because it's a little simpler to remember, but it's the same concept. And it's exactly what you're saying as well. It's be cognizant, be aware, and then take control of the situation. Yeah, it's great advice. Absolutely. Without beating yourself up, don't beat yourself up. It's not worth it. It doesn't it doesn't help in the end. So I think um, for me, what the probably the last thing I would do is a little bit back to the the life script. It's around how do I want my life to be. So you know, some people focus on that there's something missing. So they look at the fact that there's a there's a partner that's a missing piece of the puzzle. Whereas what I would suggest is that you look at what is there, not what's missing. So if I visualize my life, you know, it's people coming in and out of the house. It's having people to have Sunday lunch with. It's having people to go for drinks with. It's having people to do play dates with. It's having people to go on holidays with. And I've got out of all of those you know, people in my life, different people that you use for those different things. And for me, I have a vision of how I want it to be. And if things aren't quite right, then you think, hmm, you know, that's not quite living up to my vision. What do I need to change to make sure that, you know, I'm not feeling lonely. I'm not feeling isolated. Um, uh, I have got enough plans in the diary. I am having adult company. Um, so, so you, you, figure out what's important for you. Um, and then you identify if something isn't quite living up to that. Um, and then you make tweaks to, to, to make it happen. And what you can find is, you know, we have an expectation that one person might be able to satisfy all of that, which let's be honest, um, you know, unless I bump into Ryan Reynolds um, and, uh, you know, and he's, he's like, I just don't see that one person is going to be able to provide all that, possibly not even Ryan. Um, <laughs> do you even think that they would say, oh, right, he meets all your needs? He didn't exactly. Say, no. exactly. So, um, so I, I feel like it's such an unrealistic expectation that we've built that one person will solve all of these things and, and play all of these roles. And actually, um, there's a real power in not having that one person there because it, it, it hopefully means that you can have a lot more people and a lot wider um, community to, you know, to satisfy all those different things, to do different things with. Um, yeah, so that's probably my other piece of advice. What else should we share with people? Is there any other pieces of this that we should really embark on? Or So I suppose the, the one thing that I would say is the, the, the biggest thing I hear from people is I'm just going to give it six more months that's the probably the most common thing that I hear so I'm just going to give it six more months to meet someone and then if I don't meet someone then I'm going to seriously start considering this route to parenthood and um, which is completely fine but then what I say to them is what are you doing in that six months so have you then got a strategy to meet someone and, and <laughs> most of the time they're like Hmm. Yeah, not really. So for me, if you're going to give yourself time to meet someone, 
actually be trying to meet someone um, because otherwise what are you waiting for um, so it's about having a bit of a dating strategy or being honest with yourself that you're not really trying to meet someone and and therefore is there other barriers that are stopping you pursuing this journey? It goes back to what you started off saying, right? That this should just magically happen. And it doesn't magically happen. It takes some work and it takes some effort. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes, you know, you could put in effort and it becomes almost a numbers game of yeah. having to meet enough people to meet the right person. Yeah. And, and what people sometimes say to me is, you know, if if at the end of our coaching they're still sort of like I'm not quite there I feel like I want to meet someone then they should be seeing a dating coach they should be investing in really helping themselves to meet someone um you know so I feel like people should if that's really their desire um then really invest in how you make that happen i absolutely agree with you i i wholeheartedly and absolutely agree with you i was running a support group this morning and some of the, the um and i mixed this group actually with married women and single women having babies which i i've never done before and the dynamic is really um wonderful because the single women do do you know share about wanting to meet somebody and the married women share how their partners although they love them and they're wonderful aren't necessarily filling these voids that they need filled and that's why they're in the support group so it's this coming together where we're all on this path and this journey we all need people and not one person can fill all those needs and that can be so timing the timing, what you said, I think is so important. I'm working with one woman right now in her 50s because in your 20s, you assume it's going to happen. In your 30s, you just, you know, by you just figured you're going to meet somebody and you want to keep looking and looking. And when you hit your 40s, it becomes a little harder and more challenging. And that's kind of the cycle that you see with fertility. So, so this is all wonderful advice. It's so true. And I think that um, what you said um, about mixing the group is so powerful because I think for single women, it's very easy to fantasize that if you're in a partnership, everything is perfect. But of course, we, we all know that that's not the case. So, um, so hearing other people honestly talking about you know everyone has challenges they're just different um so yeah I think that's super powerful to to hear those stories yeah it kind of brings tears to my eyes when you start to say that but it is it's it really is powerful and it's embracing mm, it's a lovely lovely group it's really a lovely group but I'm so glad that these women were able to come together so well thank you so much I think that this is fabulous information for people and if they want to get a hold of you how would they do that so um uh, you can follow me on instagram it's um the stalk and i with underscores between it and that's where i look at i try to portray a balanced view of the day in the life of um, a solo mom um and then for more information i've got a website called the so you can head there for more information what a great name the stork and i <laughs> visualize it well thank you so much really and if anybody has any questions or comments please feel free to reach out to me at laurienets.net <laughs>